Emily. Danny. You've got some Encanto vibes going on with your dress. Right. <laughs> You're bringing it into the deconstruction zone. This is why you need to watch the YouTube or you don't get to see what right. we wear. Um, okay, so today we're diving in. We're we're flipping the script a little bit. Yep. Because we're starting with an email. Do 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 email corner off the bat. Booyah. Boom. Okay. So we got this DM and I kinda wanna like I kinda wanna to um tee us up for what we're gonna talk about. Yeah, you do. Okay. So um this is from Emily. What's up, girl? What's Same up, name. Em? Um okay, she said, Have you ever had friends or relatives talk to you about things related to the church that you do not agree with or participate in anymore, but you don't know how to respond to them without getting into a long deconstruction? conversation how do you sort of say that's not for me without getting into a big discussion about what you believe um and then she goes on to give an example but i think you get the yeah. idea her example is someone told her to go to a creation museum and she was like that's not really my, my vibe yeah yeah what do you what do you initially think about it <laughs> yeah so <laughs> um so i it actually reminded me of a conversation that my therapist and i pretty much like have often because it's something that I need to go back to and um my therapist often talks about the difference between like boundaries of information and secrets and mm -hmm. so I mean first of all first of all I'll just say this is very real and it is kind of hard and sometimes it is just easier to nod along but I know that right. that maybe feels dis disingenuine or frustrating like if I know for me sometimes like if I'm just like I have that tension of like, I want to say something, but the path of re least resistance is just to <laughs> say nothing, yeah, you know, just to be like, I'm not going to do anything here. Mm -hmm. um, and I think about that all the time. Like, is it better to like, just not fight the fight? But then I usually leave frustrated because like, I like wanted to say something, you know? I mean, as an Enneagram 8, you're like, it's never better to not fight the fight. Yeah. I think that's true. I think fighting the fight's good. I, my thing, and I hear this actually in her message. I'm always trying to balance like will this damage the relationship and like if I know the person can handle me pushing back and probably more importantly I trust that they will receive my yeah disagreement with love and know that I'm not trying to be a jerk or whatever I think that I'm more free to share it but I've been in tons of conversations with people like friends and family where you just do that smile and nod thing, mm -hmm. right? But then at the I feel really gross on the other side of it by not saying anything because I leave and I'm like they think I agree with them. And so that makes mm. me like feel worse about it. But but you were going to say something before you Well, I it's kind of funny cuz I kind I feel like I'm the opposite in the sense that I would just prefer to keep the peace and okay. rather who cares what Emily thinks? Like let's just let's just nod along and make everyone happy. Um so on brand. Right. But However, I also feel kind of crappy afterward. Like, I'm kind of like, yeah. for me, when I don't speak up, I think like, oh, my God, that means I'm ashamed of what I think. Like, what's my problem? Why can't I just, like, be myself and be who I am? Like, I kind of beat myself up. Yeah. Do you beat yourself up when you don't say what you want to say? Yeah, that, I think that's my biggest 
thing is like i remember when i read the book witnessing whiteness mm-hmm. or no not true uh white fragility. white fragility um when i read that one of the big things they talk about is like the white collective and how like you hear a racist joke as a white person and like you just don't speak up because mm-hmm. you would be outed as someone and you like lose the insider yeah. group and so in like theological conversations i feel the same way it's like there's two competing things of like do i share what i really believe or do i just want to be like accepted in this room and I feel on the other side of it, like, kind of gross, frustrated. And I really, like, deeply care about the things I believe. Yeah. And I think, like, I don't think I know everything. And I don't think I'm the smartest person in the room. But I do think sometimes I'm not doing everyone in the room justice. And I'm not serving their best interest by keeping it to myself. Because maybe they've mm-hmm. never heard that thought process before. Um, and they never heard an outside opinion. And like, that's sometimes what urges me to be like, maybe I should say something. Cause it's like, even if they don't agree with me, hearing something they don't agree with might be helpful. And I think about her message in this, like that's in some ways a different situation though. Cause it's like, she, am I reading this right? Like she was kind of like being drug along to something or they were like, I think you would like this. Yes. Okay. Someone was like, we think you would like this. And she was like in her head, like. I will not like that. But I think I think she said she just kind of nodded along because yeah. she didn't want to get in the whole conversation, which I also get. Like, yeah. it is so exhausting to, like, if you say one thing of, like, well, I actually have a little bit of a different perspective on that. I mean, people are like, oh, my God, like, let's get into it. What do you think about this and this? And you're like, I'm figuring that out. I don't know. It's exhausting. And sometimes, sometimes I think it's, like, self-protective in a way. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like you might not disagree or you might disagree or have like just one thing to say and like you're saying it's more exhausting to say that because then you've opened up this huge debate and conver- and like you're like I just had a thought on this that right. wasn't agreeing with you I didn't want to actually debate with you um and so I can see how that would be exhausting if you weren't fully prepared mm. and it's like it is safer just to smile and nod and in this situation I I bet it's frustrating but in the moment, it's way easy. The path of resistance is way better to just ignore it. Yeah. But then I do think about like you're not being true to yourself, and the cumulative effect of that over the course of months and years could be more damaging. And so it's like at okay. some point, like speaking up for yourself, even if it is in little things. Like I feel like if you just put like a little rock on something, like a few rocks, mm. and it builds up over. T- it's like a little weight initially, but then it's like thousands of pounds after years. And so at some point, it's like, how can you create an ability to feel comfortable and be true to yourself? But also knowing like family dynamics and friend dynamics are always going to be difficult, right? And that's what I think. I think that idea of like, it slowly builds up and you're like, people don't know me. Like, that's a hard feeling and all that. However, I guess a little bit of a different perspective on this that my therapist helped me give, which is what I alluded to at the beginning, is... I'll often tell him like about a situation and then I'll be like, but I wasn't really, I didn't bring up everything I could have said that Mm -hmm. I think, or like I haven't told so-and-so this thing in my life or things like that. Like, I feel like I tell him things like that a lot and he will usually say, that sounds like a boundary that you have set. And he was like, he was like, um, for example, if I hung out with like an old friend, like pre Emily deconstructing, and maybe we haven't really gotten into it or had those conversations. I'm not going to really dive into where I'm at, even yeah. though like I'll allow my friend to 
allow i mean like you know like i mean yeah they say it and i'm like cool that's great i try to find points of overlap or points of agreement um to talk about and kind of keep the conversation rolling but i remember asking my therapist i was like does this mean that i'm like not proud of who i am or what i think or what i'm doing and he was like what good would have actually come out of that conversation if you had like said if you were like 100% transparent and yeah. didn't maybe keep anything close to the vest, he was like, I feel like probably both of you just would have gotten hurt. Yeah. Maybe like maybe something good could have come out of it. And like the other person could have thought more. I could have thought more, but he was like, at the end of the day, it probably would have just like put a downer on the situation and it wouldn't help anyone. It would ruin their day. It would ruin your day. Yeah. And so he was like, in that sense, I think there's wisdom in like keeping like holding some things close to the vest. He 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 said however I think the wor- the inner work you have to do if you choose to keep boundaries is like it's a secret if you're hiding it because of shame. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly where my mind went to a little bit. Like uh-huh. I was just I got coffee with someone a couple weeks back who's in in addiction recovery program. Mm. Uh it's a 12-step program type thing and i can't remember what step it is i don't think it's the 12th but one of the steps is like make amends with people yeah to the point that it doesn't harm them yes um so it's like if i hurt you i'm going to share that with you but the other side of it is like if i share this new information with you is it going to harm you by mm-hmm. me sharing it and so that it was an interesting thing and as i was talking to this person they were wrestling with some of their own story and some of their things and like do i share this do i not share this um, and that was one of the questions I asked was like, are, are you sh- keeping it to yourself out of like self-protection and shame? Mm. Or is it like, I want to keep this to myself because I know that like to make amends and share it would create more harm for the other person. And so I like, I do think from what you said and just the conversation, it's like flooding back to me at the moment. Like it does make an interesting process in constructing boundaries especially in something really sensitive Mm. like i mean i think about for you specifically like your life and your boundaries we talked about like your story and like you don't owe people's story but like you can share it if you want to and all that kind of stuff and Mm -hmm. i think that's true but i think you probably have to have like a lot of complexity in boundary making because of the mixed up relationships and emotions and stories and like if i share this would it be helpful to them like all right. that kind of stuff, right? And that that's just in the sphere of like deconstruction that I'm thinking, not like in terms of anything else. Yeah, and I I think I mean I think there's so much into it. I also think this is kind of a little bit weird, but I think it's interesting. Yeah. Like I think sometimes in deconstruction I hear other deconstructors say like, Well, I'll share where I'm at when I like fully feel confident in what I think now. Mm. And I think and I think there's wisdom in that in a sense that sometimes when you're I know people like you talk to like pregnant people or whatever and they're like we picked our baby names but we're not going to tell anyone yeah. because their like facial expression will make it weird like that's a that's kind of a self-protective boundary yeah. in a sense because they're like it's not a secret they're not ashamed of the name they pick hope like hopefully you know but I think it's something like that sometimes like it's like if you're unsure you don't want someone else's criticism but you think that once you know exactly what you think it'll be fine 
Right. And maybe that is true and helpful. But I also think even if you're like, this is what I think, I think there are moments and there are certain people who are not safe to share it with. And that doesn't mean you're ashamed. It just it is self-protective, which I don't think is inherently wrong. And maybe it is others protective. There are people who are hurt by my story. Like, I know that to be true. Yeah. And so to keep bringing it up to them, being like, just so you know, I'm like not in the PCA anymore. Not a helpful thing for me to say. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because it's like it it all goes into like, I mean, it's your story, right? Right. And so I think about that sometimes of like, what is my, what of my story is helpful, not helpful? Mm. Like, where am I helping myself and other people and i think for you in that like it's an interesting th- you have a lot more baggage is the wrong word but like your web of connection yes. is especially in relation to this podcast is tied to a very specific community yeah that is probably triggered by any time that like your upbringing is brought up for like a myriad of reasons one to be like well we didn't mean it that way or like right. we didn't see it that way like both those things can be true for sure um but again, like going back to it being your story is interesting. Of like, you should have autonomy to share it, and I don't think you've ever really thrown anyone under the bus by name in yeah. this. And so I think that's what makes it interesting too. It's like you're probably doing a healthy work for yourself and setting boundaries and not keeping secrets and helping your story. I know, like, I we have been getting a flood of messages currently of people that i think are really resonating with your story Mm. and so i think it's like there's this reality that like your story is helping people but it's also helping yourself and so i think in some ways you set a good boundary but for some of the people that would be like frustrated by it like that's probably a side i would have not thought about because it's easy to see like the good and the forward progress and like i don't as an age or a futuristic person right i don't always think about like where you came from and how that might be frustrating or hurtful to some of those people you know and i I mean i think it like a lot of it is intent i think um pretty soon i'm gonna like kind of help a friend go to like their old church and have a very like kind of intense reconciliation but also hopefully restorative conversation and i'm just kind of like going for support but that's like a sense that it will probably hurt people in the room to be like as open as my friend will be However, like if the pursuit is reconciliation and restoration or even just like justice, then I think I think there is value in it. And maybe that's something that you don't protect someone from necessarily. But there's also I don't think it does any good for me to like walk up to people in the PCA and just be like, this is my issues. If if, especially if like they're not going to they're not ones that make changes or yeah that that's just kind of mean yeah in some ways it's like when you like complain at the like the starbucks worker for like things that corporate's making the decision for it's Uh like they didn't get the they didn't have the agency to make all those decisions and they're kind of like living it out but they also wholeheartedly support those things as well so it's like you're maybe subscribing to the well i mean you're maybe not wholeheartedly but if you've like like said i'm gonna be a part of this organization you're like i in some ways know what i'm signing up for that's true. I guess I'm just thinking about like when my students are like mad about a policy and I'm like, I don't make the policies like a school policy. Right. Then I'm like, maybe I don't agree, but I'm I'm here and I'm deciding to enforce it. 
Right, because you don't have a choice. Like, you're, like, co-signing it just by virtue yeah, of being in your job, sure. right? Yeah, uh-huh. it's like, and agreeing with it or not agreeing with it isn't really, but it's like you're still the face of that policy to them, right? Or the face of that theology or that community or that church or whatever, right? To those mm. people, like, if you're in that kind of role. So a question that I'm, like, kind of pondering I don't have an answer to, but mm. it's like, so let's say, let's say people are like, okay, that distinction between boundary and secret is really helpful, and I hope people listening feel empowered to not share things that wouldn't be helpful would maybe be harmful would maybe just derail the day or something however i'm thinking about the people that are listening being like nope i'm the secret person the shame person like my stuff isn't boundaries mine are secret because i do feel ashamed of where i am i was definitely there for a while but i'm just kind of like i'm not sure what the action steps are to like get out of that shame place yeah. Yeah, I think that's hard. I don't have a great religious example of that, but I'll th- like between Annie and I, I know there was like a specific part of my past that I was not interested in sharing because I was very ashamed of it. And yeah. we had like we had dated and we had been married and like had not told her. Wow. And I remember like I couldn't not I couldn't be in relationship with her. And it wasn't that big of a thing. So it wasn't like she could go her whole life and never know about it. And like it wouldn't have changed anything about who we were as a couple. Yeah. But for me, it felt like a very big thing, which I think would be true to a lot of people that feel like they're keeping that secret. It's like way bigger to you than it is to the other person. And I think that's – so for me, I was like, I have to tell. Like I have to talk to her about it. And like it was – it never (laughs) – it's like not something that would ever come up in conversation. It was not something that would ever need to be thought about. But I was just like one day I was like, you know what? Like there are random moments that this is like haunting me Mm. and like it's worth sharing this story with you. And so and I only should say like I'm a firm believer in the truth sets you free. Like Mm. I I don't actually know if I think that keeping secrets ever is a good thing. Yeah. Um, and even to the person I was talking about in like the recovery, that's like I won't share this for the sake of hurting people. I think there is wisdom in that, and I can't think of a great example of like how, like if you did something to your spouse, you never told them, and like they resented it forever, and you like kept it. Yeah. Like you maybe wouldn't tell them because it would hurt them more. But I just think about the long term ramifications of living in a marriage where you never told them that, you know? Yeah. And so. I think in some ways, like the secret for its boundaries, we can make really short-sighted decisions based on self-preservation mm-hmm. and like what might I lose, right? Like if 100%. I share this with my spouse and I keep going back to that just because it's like the easiest kind of like analogy. But like if I like had a secret from Annie, I was like, I'm not going to share this with her or I'm afraid to share it with her because if I tell her, she might leave me. Was that a fear when before you were going to tell Not her? really, but it was just more like shame. and like, yeah. not, like I was very confident already. So, and it wasn't something that I don't think anyone would like leave someone over, but mm-hmm. maybe someone would like, it's gotta be someone out there. <laughs> but, uh, but it was something that I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't keep it. And if it was going to risk, like I'd rather not be in the relationship, like in the mm-hmm. sense that it's like, mm-hmm. I have to be fully me. You have to be fully you. And that's the only way we can like actually live life together. And if the only natural outcome, which is best for her and best for me is I share this and it doesn't work anymore that's the natural repercussions for my actions. Yeah. And it's like, I have to share it. So I don't know. Like 
I've recently had a few conversations around like with other people in my life that are contemplating, do I share this? Do I not share this? And so the secret side of it is like very interesting to me because it's like more connected right now to like what's going in my mind. And I, in a vacuum, I just keep thinking there's no reason to keep secrets. But, but I know like in the lived experience of reality and, and then moving back into the micro of the deconstruction space, like maybe there could be a case for it, but, but in the vacuum of like all things being equal, I'm having a hard time even thinking like, is there something not worth sharing? And maybe, maybe everything is worth sharing in due time. Like, I I think there are definitely situations where it would be like, there's probably inappropriate times to share versus like, it'd probably be weird if you and Annie were at the dinner table with your kids and you were like, Annie, I need to open up to you. Like, do you know, <laughs> yeah, right. do you know what I'm saying? There's a time like, and a place, right? There's a time and a place. And maybe part, maybe that's part of the boundary is like, you probably wanted to be in like a safe private place with Annie to share this thing. Yeah, and I think that's even what I'm trying to actually exactly what I'm trying to say is okay, like there great. is a time and a place. Mm. And the, for secrets, sometimes I think people think there is never a time or a place. Mm. And so I have to fester on it. And they would maybe wouldn't say if I'm adding the language of fester on it because that's what I think happens when you have secrets, even oh, if yeah. you think they're helping the greater good by not sharing them. Like I would argue there's always a time and a place. But the hurdle is you have to know you're going to be uncomfortable. And that it might cost you something. But I think that's like the risk of sharing that kind of thing. When, when, as you're talking, what I'm like kind of thinking is we've said that boundaries sometimes protect others um, from the pain of like whatever information. But there's also, I think you also have to protect yourself from the pain of holding a secret. Yeah. Like at some point that is a pain worth like soothing. Yeah. And I think the pain of holding it in is greater than the pain you would experience in sharing it. Like the long-term ramifications of holding it in. Like if I had something between you and me, like me keeping it, like and festering on it, I think would long-term have bigger ramifications on my overall health, our relationship. If I was just like, hey, I have this thing I have to share with you. And like, I just have to tell you. Yes. And it might be awkward and tense in the moment, but I think it would be like the long-term greater good for both of us individually. And as like friends. Yes. I think another thing that I'm processing though is like not every secret, maybe every secret does need to eventually get off our chest, but it doesn't need to get to everybody. Like whatever it was that you told Annie, you're not going to say on this podcast. And and that's great. You know what I'm saying? That's not what I'm asking you to do. Yeah. And I think like your therapist is a great example. Like I think that's why everyone should be in therapy because there's Mm -hmm. certain things that it's not going to be helpful to share with people. Right. But right. to have like put to always feel like you have to carry it alone, which is why I think I feel sensitive to mm. secrets because it's like you saying not you, but it's like us saying I have to carry this all by myself and like having a therapist be like, here's this thing that I can literally feel like I can share with no one. Two things might happen. One, they might be like, for sure, don't share that with anyone else. <laughs> but thank you for sharing it with me. But they might be like, let's talk about why that's not going to damage things and how you could share it with other people. Yeah. And I think. I know way too many people not in therapy. Uh And I think like even just having a conversation like that where it's like judgment free, you share this thing. It might even open up other because when you're trapped in your own mind, you only see one way out and you only see one way things could happen because you've told yourself that's what it's going to be forever. And that's a major this has turned into like a go to therapy episode. But I think it's the benefit of therapy because it's like you tell your therapist this and they are going to see it because brand new to them. 
and it's not so personal to them, they're going to share way more beneficial perspectives that you maybe never considered. Mm. Yeah, I think I think when you originally were talking about like secrets and how it's like never good to keep them, I thought you were saying like, but you have to and you have to share with everyone. But I think I think sometimes boundaries are who am I going to tell who am I not going to tell? But secrets are always painful when literally nobody knows. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm also someone, I think I, I've, I'm very sensitive to secrets. And so I try to live a life that like doesn't have secrets because I've seen them be hurtful to me. And so I try not to. So like, I'm probably overly sensitive Mm. to secrets, but I think that, yeah, it's not an everyone thing. And it's trying to figure out like where that like just because I have one doesn't mean that I have to share it with every person, you know? Yes. And I think I think sometimes I think what I I would say that something I experienced a lot growing up is like people almost weaponizing brutal honesty, like just saying mean things and being like, sorry, I just yeah. I had to get that off my chest. Truth and love, sister. Just like or just like you look ugly today. I just am trying to keep it real. Like, that's not helpful. That's not, you didn't need to get that off your chest or tell someone else. Yeah. And that also wasn't on your chest. (laughs) That's called being mean. (laughs) But when someone frames it, like, I just have to be honest about this feeling. I think I get sensitive on the other side of like, you don't have to tell people all of your thoughts, especially if they will hurt people's feelings like my own. Yeah. I think this is take listeners can take this with a grain of salt as two people that record their thoughts once a week. Right. But every thought doesn't need to be with everyone, right? Like yeah. and I think that's uh I think that's true. This and, is sorry, this is a little bit of an aside. Did no. you see one of the comments we got on uh our YouTube shorts? No, I stopped looking at the YouTube shorts comments. Yeah, Those yeah, are brutal. They're mean. Uh but someone so I put out one I kind of stopped for a while and I like made uh-huh. a bunch, like something like 25 or something from our last episode. And yeah. I pulled, but they were like really dumb and short ones. One was about the Pepsi thing, your professor uh, or your oh, teacher yeah. giving up Pepsi for lint. And <laughs> this person was said something to the effect of like, this is living proof of why everyone doesn't need a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's I mean that's fair. Like that is a clip. People are like, what the heck? You yeah. Know? Well I was like <laughs> But th- still mean. I responded, I said, Thank you for helping the algorithm. You should go back and listen to the full episode. So We are not a, a soda rating. Episode. Yeah, I could see why watching like I had enough of self awareness. Like this is not, we are not a Pepsi first coat <laughs> podcast. Um, um Yeah. Um do you feel like you have any like final thoughts on this topic or anything we didn't cover? no more really i mean i would just say for this person it's always going to be a struggle to navigate trying to save face with who you were while living true to who you are Mm -hmm. and i think creating as many opportunities to share honestly where you are is helpful but it's going to cost things like i think you would attest to that i know i would attest to that like yeah um it's just a reality but it doesn't have to be like crazy brutal things that it costs but i do think there's always like a shift in things that maybe some are expected some aren't expected but my vantage point from where i sit knowing that's just my story i'd say it's worth it on the other side so that'd be my encouragement but finding small little ways to start to reveal more of who you are if you feel like you're in that situation of what's a boundary what is a secret what do i believe how do i share this specifically within the deconstruction space i think finding small little ways to like be courageous and step out and share what you think and who you are. Yeah. 
even with just a few people is helpful probably. Yeah, I was kind of, as you're talking, I was thinking when we started this podcast over a year ago, I felt like I was being honest with you about where I was and some other people like in our community. And then we started a podcast and then people who I hadn't been honest with yeah. found out about the podcast. Um, and it did kind of like push me out of that bubble. Like it's, you can't have a deconstruction podcast and then be like, actually, I'm still very much a fundamentalist. Like, yeah. Did you ever see any of like, I never asked you that. I feel like, like, so the intersection of your worlds where it's like, you weren't lying to people, but maybe they still thought you were yeah. PCA Emily. And then you have this podcast, like say someone in that community finds it. And then you guys run into each other. Did everyone, did anyone ever say like, well, you're kind of like living a double life or like they just maybe had not seen you or did you see the clash and collision of those two worlds at all? That's a great question. I honestly feel like no people that I found out who like listened to the pod, I found out through other people like that they were talking about the podcast negatively or like about me negatively. However, the, I think the surprise is what I did find is a lot of people in my life who maybe I thought would be like, Oh God, look at this podcast and felt very seen and felt less alone. Hmm. And I think that was huge because I think, while I do think you should be thoughtful about who you tell and be like care for yourself and care for other people. I do think sometimes people will surprise you. Yeah. Not always. Um, but sometimes people surprise you and end up, being like, oh, finally we can have this really, like, I remember in high school or whatever, I, like, confessed something to a friend of, like, a struggle I had, and I thought my friend would be like, oh, my God, and my friend was like, oh, I've never told anyone that either, and, like, that's the most beautiful feeling Yeah, is when someone, when you share something and someone feels that, has that same secret, and you guys can almost just, like, breathe. Yeah. And so there is, I think there is that, the risk I think you should protect yourself and you should know who's safe, but sometimes taking that risk can can end up really beautifully. And that's been the gift of this podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I would say similarly, actually, like, and this is not exactly the same, but like with your deconstruction journey and people being like, oh, like, I resonate with that, who you never would have thought you're kind of yeah. surprised by. Like, I've had a very similar experience and even sharing like on a smaller level, like, hey, I've like paused on drinking, right? And the number mm-hmm. of like pastors that reach out to me that are like, hey, I can't i don't feel like i can share this with anyone because i'll be judged but this is what i'm going through i thought was really interesting and also like points to the fact that like a lot more people probably share our experience and are just afraid to share it which is in some ways it sucks to be the trailblazer and the first one out but you think about like the spaces in the or the path you pave for other people to like walk the journey with ease it sucks to be the one taking the grenades in the front Mm -hmm. but it's like man there's other people that are really able to walk in more authenticity about who they are in some ways by like what you've done and created space for others to feel seen and heard um which is great i think it's admirable yeah i think sometimes the risk does pay off which is a really like happy i feel like a happy end to this yeah idea I did see a TikTok pop up that we made of yours. It actually might be one of our pinned ones. It was a yeah. real or TikTok where you say something defective. This podcast has really cost me a lot. <laughs> it was like, it reminded me, it was like, oh yeah, this hasn't all been like sunshine and rainbows for Emily. No, it hasn't, but there has been sunshine and there has been rainbows. Yeah. Um. <laughs> anyway. All right. Uh, recommendation zone. Recommendation zone. What do you got? You got any recommendations for us? 
I, um, I just finished a book called The Heaven and Earth Grocery Store, which I would say I enjoyed. I wasn't like wowed. I guess it wasn't a very, I love that my recommendations on has become me reading okay books and talking about them. (laughs) (laughs) But like, I really enjoyed it. I would say there's like three parts. The first two parts I really enjoyed. The world building is very beautiful. There's maybe less of like a clear storyline. Part three was very boring to me. Um, But I would recommend it. It's a newer book that came out and it's it's basically it's kind of about this like Jewish family who or this Jewish couple who owns a grocery store and like all of their like white Jewish friends kind of like leave their town. Like it's kind of a story of white flight and then oh. like them staying and their patronage becomes like pretty much only African American and it's like kind of that community. It's pretty interesting. What's it called again? The Heaven and Earth Grocery Store. Okay. Uh, my recommendation would be, and I've read this before, I don't think I've ever recommended it, but I'm currently in a, a small group with some folks that don't really go to any church. If you go to the well, but it's a lot of people that just don't go to any church. We're reading a book called Reclaim. It's by some friends of mine, Tony Sorcy and Russ Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're reading it now. I don't subscribe to a lot of it. I don't okay. uh, agree with most of it really anymore, which was part of our conversation I had last time we met was like, this is two years ago since you first read it. Like what has changed? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the reason I'm recommending it is I have found whether you like it or don't like it, it catalyzes really good conversation. Yeah. Uh, especially now, right now in the deconstruction space, like the group I'm in is all, deconstructing or deconstructed people Mm. and but are still interested in exploring and navigating faith and so it's been really interesting just to have some of the conversations so i would say like if you have a group of people that you're maybe deconstructing with and you want a book that you might love or you might hate but you want some interesting conversation out of it reclaim uh it's an interesting book to read love it um well i'm glad we had this conversation um yeah it's been fun yeah And as always, thanks for listening and embrace the journey.